Good morning, church. For those of you who don't know me, my name is John Ritchie. Now, I wrote down here a few things that uh, have already been said, but I'll say them again. Jason is now away on two weeks vacation. What a well-deserved vacation for him and his family. Too bad we couldn't all be with him, right, in Hawaii? <laughs> to get away from all this snow and rain and a little more sunshine. Jason asked me about a month ago to speak on this day. And it is still a bit disconcerting for me to publicly speak because it takes me out of my comfort zone, well out of my comfort zone at times. But uh, <clears throat> I'm reminded of the words from Paul in uh, Romans 1.16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is to the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. Therefore, I will not be ashamed, and I will speak and talk about the truth. Ever since I was a teenager, <clears throat> I believed this job of preaching was the most important job of all. When we talk about the gospel, you know the greatest news ever told to this world, God talks to all of us, and, he, and he, especially for those who will, will actually listen and hear I know that Jesse spoke to you last week. We weren't able to uh, be here for that uh, wonderful sermon, but I listened to it on uh, over the internet and was impressed. But perhaps my, I, I know he spoke a little bit about what I'm going to talk about today, so I will further challenge you to, uh, to the topic. Let's pray for a second. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth reflect your truth and your truth only. May our ears and our hearts be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to teach us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I would like to start <clears throat> this morning by asking you a question. Who are you? How would you respond to that question? One little question, but if you haven't thought about it before, it can create so many more questions. Would you respond with your name? I think most people would give their name first, but how would you describe your identity? Would you go then to what you do or what you believe in to best describe yourself? It can be a little scary at times. What is the best way to answer that question? Well, my name is John Ritchie, but I already told you that. <clears throat> but it isn't exactly true. By this standards of this world, my name is my full name, William John Edward Ritchie. Four names. You can thank my parents for giving me four names and then calling me by my second name because there was a person in our town where I grew up that was called Bill, Bill Ritchie. And they didn't want to get me confused with him. But I've, over the years, I've learned to answer to both William and John because, as you all know, this world, the businesses especially, and the governments, they all want you to give them their, your first name. 
So it's kind of hard over time. So who am I? This question is about identity. Why do you think we go to what we do and have done over time to describe who we are? Is it more important to tell another person about our accomplishments, our titles, if we have any? We could cite our jobs or all the jobs that we've ever had. We could talk about our educational experiences and perhaps where we volunteered. And what about our hobbies? But do all these things tell who we really are? It is a well-known fact that we will live out of who we believe we are. So I ask you, who do you believe you are? Would you all agree that we are made up of three main parts? Never heard of it before? Well, it's true. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Paul tells us that we are made up of spirit, soul, and body. By the way, uh, for your reference, I've put the, uh, the scriptures that I'm going to refer to right in the bulletin, so you'll have easy access to them. I won't refer to them all exactly, but you'll hear them as you go through. It's in the bulletin, not in the card that's in the, uh, in the bulletin as well. When people see us for the first time, they see our body, our physical features. Oh yes, and uh, my wife has just pointed out recently that my features could use some improvement. <laughs> After talking with us for a while, hopefully they will begin to relate to us through our soul as they see how we think, how we display our emotions, and the choices we make. But it isn't until they see our spirit that they will begin to see our real core of who we are. Our true identity is in our spirit. It is where our passions lie. Our spirit is the way in which God relates to us and how we relate to God. Remember how the world looks at us? They first see us through our physical body. Well, God looks at us opposite from how the world looks at us. He looks at us first through our spirit and then into our soul. One can look at it as being inside out versus outside in. Then the question becomes, who are you following? Are we following the Trinity, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit? Or perhaps we're following that other guy? We all know who it is. Jesus reminded us in Matthew 6:24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You have to look up mammon because it confused me, but anything that takes you away from God... For many years, I would introduce myself in the usual manner of name, 
what I, what I do along with my engineering title. It was a reasonable introduction as it gave people a label to call me or to get my attention. A while back, Lynn, my wife, and I met this interesting couple. I can't quite recall much about the couple or where we actually met them, but there was one fairly interesting way in which the fellow introduced himself. He presented me with what appeared to be a business card. It seemed strange to introduce yourself in, in that manner, as I believe we were not in a business setting. But I was used to receiving business cards, so I accepted it. But when I looked at the card, all it had on it was his name. I believe it's uh, Wayne Marsh. And this title that I'll never forget, Ambassador, Kingdom of Heaven. Wow, it was truly impressed. It impressed me so much. Such boldness. Especially for a first encounter with somebody. I still have the card with me. That's how much it impressed me. At what point do we go deeper to the inner self, our true identity? And why, so, why is it so difficult in the first place? Is it fear of rejection? To be judged for what they believe is unimportant? Remember what I said earlier. It is a well-known fact that we will live out of who we believe we are. Our identity molds who we are and directly affects our behavior on a moment-by-moment basis. If you believe you are a Christian, what does that mean? Do you see yourself as a child of God? Does that mean you exclusively follow the Father? Or do you see yourself as a dual person, following God sometime, and then following your own selfish desires the other? Think about that for a moment. It is safe to say that sometimes non-believers appear to be self-centered, but they do not know any better. Without God in their lives, they have only their their own survival skills to depend upon. But we must remember Jesus' words on the cross. Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they are doing. I have come to learn that God loves all his created ones. His love being so deep that he was willing to sacrifice his son on the cross for all of humanity. And for those who believe and accept him, they will find eternal life. They will find the living Christ. And they too will become the family of God. Those who have not accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior are very susceptible to the power of sin. There is no protection against Satan for them. Satan has a heavy influence in their lives even though they may not be aware of it. It is only Christ that protects against such evil Satan can bring. Satan wants you to be self-centered 
and not thinking of God or being dependent upon Him. Satan can permeate into the body, the soul, and the spirit of those who have not accepted Jesus as their Savior. But for those of us who have accepted Jesus into our lives, God took away the power of sin in our life. He restored us to himself. We are justified in the Father's sight because of what Jesus did on the cross. And always remember that you are a child of God. We may be in this world, but we are not of it. Our citizenship lies in another kingdom. But you are not always a child of God. He wanted us all to be his children, but we were not born that way. We were born into Adam slash Eve. And because of the fall, we were separated from God. We had to be born again, this time into Christ. At some point in our lives, we seen the wickedness of our sin. We were able to see that our sin, our personal sin, put Jesus on the cross. And at that point, our hearts broke for him. We recognized our lostness and wanted a savior. And at that point, we realized the free gift that God was offering us. We believed from that point on in its truth and agreed to repent, change our ways. So what happened at that point? We all know it to be salvation. What actually happened? Paul goes to great lengths to explain being born again in Romans and partially in his other letters. The implications of his writings are mind-blowing, for they truly reveal the depth of God's love for us. The bottom line of Paul's teachings is that we were taken to the cross and our sins, past, present, and future, were nailed to the cross with him. Our old spirit joined Jesus on the cross And we had a change of identity. We are given a new identity in the form of a new spirit and we walk in the newness of life from that point on. We were blessed with the Holy Spirit at the same time and we are assured from that point on we have become children of the Most High and part of his inheritance. When we walk in the Spirit, we are walking with God. And it is Jesus' life that will be displayed through us. When we walk in the flesh, we are making a conscious decision to follow sin. When I say flesh, I'm referring to self or doing things our own way without God's input. Which way is better? All who are Christian must remember the price that was paid so we can have freedom from the power of sin. When you commit a sin now, you make a choice to do so. But that is not who you are. You're acting contrary to who you are. God created us for the purpose of relationship. 
When we choose to sin, we are breaking that relationship. But it is possible to renew it through confession and repentance. When believers sin, the broken fellowship is the believer's problem, not God's. God took care of his side on the cross. Therefore, God waits in his mercy and grace as his children are brought to a place of repentance and confession, at which time fellowship is restored. Hallelujah. God knows if... <clears throat> but there are there is another purpose for confession and repentance. God knows if we are required to bring our sins to him that we will serve it will serve as a reminder and motivation to say no to temptation therefore god uses confession and repentance for the, our good that we might have a greater desire to walk in holiness so i ask you who are you where does your passion lie how is your behavior working these days who do you identify with today and say for the rest of your life? So remember, we will live out of who we believe we are. So who do you believe you are? Are you seeing yourself as a child of God? For if you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, you are indeed a child of God. Being his child brings great rewards. Have you ever wondered about whether or not you are worthy to be called a child of his? Well, I tell you, you are. You were worth Jesus, God's only son, coming to this earth to be with us. You were worth the sacrifice on the cross by Jesus. Imagine right now where you're sitting, stamped by royalty, the highest royalty that we, can believe, that we could see. The Father sees you as pure, clean, without blemish, and as far as he's concerned, you have always been that way because of salvation and him bringing you into eternal life. You are loved. You are accepted. You are worth everything to him. And you are secure in your life because you know him and he knows you. So, is it now time to focus on our behavior? On who we are? Truly let the old things go away? Remember, your identity has changed. So let us live out of the identity God alone has given us. And let Jesus shine through us. I know that Continually walking in the Spirit is not an easy task. I believe that it was not designed to be easy. It was meant to keep us on our toes, <clears throat> to be aware of our surroundings and what is happening in our lives on a daily basis. It is meant to keep us dependent upon God and to accept that fact each and every moment. So let us remember each day who we are and agree to walk in the Spirit. Let us agree to continue to renew our minds to that fact each day. And we will overcome temptation every, move, every moment 
with God's continued help. So I ask you, who are you? How will you introduce yourself the next time you meet a new person? But I caution you, remember to be patient. It takes time to get to know another person. But we should remember the goal is to let Jesus shine through us. When we walk in the Spirit, it is Jesus' words that come out of us. And you will be sharing in an amazing experience as you, the other person, and Jesus talk together. As a little gift from me to you, I have enclosed in the bulletin a handout for your benefit and further reference. It shows many verses in the Bible that speak about your identity. Please use them, refer to them, because this is God's word, it's not mine. And hopefully they, uh, the Holy Spirit will talk to you. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions for me, uh, talk to me after the service. Thank you.